that's just military PR. Like they honestly, they're not even really interested in curbing the the trend of veteran suicide, military suicide beyond covering their own ass. How does that make you feel when being part of that organization is such a big part of your identity? Welcome to the Bronovo Podcast, the podcast that models healthy communication for men, empowering them to start the journey of self-work. Now here's your host, Thomas Pierce. Okay, welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Bronovo Podcast. It's your host, Thomas Pierce. I have a very special podcast this week with uh, some new friends of mine here in Philadelphia, the managing crew and owners of Fire for Effect Athletics in Maniunk in Philadelphia, James and Tracy Talby, and Adam Trapadato. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for having us. It's a pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> pleasure to be a part of this. Yeah. So do we want to do a uh, quick little introduction? Maybe a little sharing circle here. Sure. <laughs> um, again, I'm James Talby. I'm the owner over here at Fire for Effect Athletics. Um, little background on me. I am from the other part of Pennsylvania, that middle part that everyone lovingly refers to as Pennsylvania. <laughs> um, I tried college for a little bit after I got out of high school. I ended up in the military for 22 years, a couple tours to Iraq and a couple other places. Uh, fell in love with fitness along the way. Um, fell in love with some uh, really uh, unusual styles of fitness along the way, and that's kind of how this gym was born. Um, in addition to just wanting to generally help out with uh, the veteran crowd, trying to pave that path between the civilian crowd and the veteran crowd. Awesome. Uh, I'm Tracy, and I am not from Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. I'm from Georgia. I was born and raised in Augusta, which is the home of the Masters, and then went to school in Macon, where I graduated with a psychology and an art degree. And then went over to work for a newspaper. I was a makeup artist. <laughs> I did marketing. I made websites, was freelance. I am an artist now. I did a little bit of everything. Um, I eventually found this style of fitness in 2012 from a coworker who was like, you should totally try this with me. And I was like, I've never lifted weights in my life. <laughs> and then I walk into a place that's playing death metal and was like, I don't belong. And I'm glad I stuck around and I stayed because it's changed my life forever. So moved up here, uh, in 2017, which is when I met James and we started this crazy adventure together, mm -hmm. opened this place in December of 2017. Yeah. yeah. So Adam here. I am the manager and coach at Fire for Effect. Started out, you know, growing up in Mercer County, New Jersey. So not too far away from Philly, but uh, in that process, was a mechanic for a little bit, wanted to do a little bit more with my life, ended up joining the Navy. Did that same exact job, basically, in the Navy as an aviation electronics technician. I'm a short-timer compared to James. So James did hard time. I was uh, in and out <laughs> four time. years, right, active duty, and uh, got to get to see the better part of this uh, nation in the process. Uh, from there, did some private security contracting, 
athletics has always been in my life. It's always been the thing that I've fallen back on, even through injury. It's always been, you know, going to my center. And so because of which I ended up going to Temple University for an exercise sports science degree. Um, it is my passion. It is my love. Sometimes I nerd out a little bit too much on it. And, uh, Never. No. <laughs> Wouldn't believe it. And it's, you know, it has saved me in many ways. And I try now to impart that knowledge onto not only my personal clients, but of course the members here, the community, trying to raise people up. And it's honestly the, the biggest thing of me getting, getting so much more fulfillment out of life. And uh, I really couldn't be more thankful for the position that I'm in. And uh, yeah, it just continues to keep on evolving and yeah, really finding not only through people's advancement and their goals and achieving their goals, it's like being a parent without having to be a parent. So it's yeah. been very fulfilling. Awesome journey so far. Adam showed up to his interview here in a full suit in July. We don't do any climate control in here. Like I was dying, sweating, sitting at my desk in shorts and a t-shirt. He's like, I'm here for my interview. I was like, you're hired. Yeah. Yeah. I go hard. What can I say? <laughs> He's either incredibly professional or a complete psychopath, in which case I yeah. There's no in between. If Adam is 100%. That's that's who he is. If mm. if he's being silly, it's 100%. If he's being professional, it's 100%. Yeah. Welcome to the life of being an ADHD. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that scene in uh, Diversion. Uh Step Brothers where they're in the like high school, it's like a high school coach job, and they both wear tuxedos. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you fuck shit up. <laughs> Let's get it done. That's him. That's you. That's awesome. Well, thank you, guys. Um, so we're here in the gym right now. It's really cool. I'll paint a picture. There's um, probably about a dozen freestanding squat racks with pull-up bars and then weights on the walls. Um and then also another half dozen racks. And it is a, from my understanding, uh, I don't know if it's CrossFit branded, but CrossFit style and strongman influenced gym. That's, yeah, that's probably a pretty good way to put it. Um, my, what led me into this, this lifestyle, I guess, is uh, it was CrossFit. No shade at all at, at CrossFit. Mm. Um, that's how I got into this. That's how I got into strongman. Um, that's how I ended up on the CrossFit Strongman seminar staff. So it, you know, they, it was just a different path. Um, one of the things that I noticed um, throughout the course of coaching is that the vast majority of these places um, use Olympic weightlifting as their center. Everything what they uh, their programming, what they formulate, um, comes from having Olympic weightlifting at their center, which isn't bad. It's just means the market is saturated with that. Mm. Um, like I said, I, I kind of stumbled into strongman just by going to this, the CrossFit that I started at um, one day and there were Atlas stones on, on the, the wad and didn't know what that was. But by the time I left, I was, I needed to know more about this sport. So I just kind of always thought, well, why not? have you know this style of fitness but allow strongman to be the center because it's so much less complex um and yeah that's kind of the origin story of how this came to be um we just decided rather than affiliate become a crossfit affiliate that we would just you know try our hand out at it on our own that way we're not part of a corporate structure we can 
um, just kind of have yeah. our own rules and decide who we're going to hire versus who CrossFit wants us to hire. And what workouts you want to do versus what they say. Right. Absolutely. How you want to run it, like in COVID, for example. Oh, mm. yeah. Yeah. Like, we would have been handcuffed to exactly what like the affiliate wanted us to do. Right. And we had more freedom. So that's essentially what we're able to do now without the affiliate ship. Like we're, we have more control. We have more freedom, which is why we decided not to originally um, go with, with CrossFit style. Mm-hmm. However, it mimics like anybody who was a CrossFitter would come in and feel at home. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't be like, Oh, this is so weird. It's going to mimic a lot of the same rep schemes, yeah. um, the same rhythm of the workout, but you're going to be using implements that aren't only a barbell. We do use barbells, yeah. but we also use things that are odd objects because those are the things that are going to be coming. You're going to come across those odd objects in life. Right. You're not going to come across a barbell pretty right. often in life. Right. Right. But by that same token, if you are a competitive CrossFitter, um, two of our coaches, Coach Grace and um, who else did it? Jordan. Coach Jordan, they decided to do the CrossFit Open this year. They uh, had to submit the videos because we're not an affiliate. But um, they almost made it to the next level of competition. So clearly nice. the programming that we have here, it, it'll still... Like if CrossFit is your gig, again, this will prepare you for it. We're just so for some people that having that affiliate ship is kind of part of the the lore of doing this. Yeah. So yeah. Um but for them, you know, this is the sixth largest city in America. There's plenty of other boxes out there too. Right. Yeah, and it's an ongoing thing that we talk about all the time. Life is not shaped like a barbell. Okay. So training like that is only going to make you very limited in a specific skill right and changing it up every so often is not only going to be healthy for you but it's also going to make it so that you're not finding yourself stuck in a rut you know we live in a age where fitness we are in the renaissance of Mm. fitness if you can't find your niche honestly like you're not you're not looking hard enough (laughs) all right we're talking to the point that i know one of one of my close friends um, he plays professional Quidditch, right? <laughs> and they go around the nation, right? Traveling around and they have, you know, competitions, championships, you name it, right? And that's only one example. Right now you have adult leagues that are starting to do dodgeball more often, kickball more often. And these things are getting to the point where, all right, it's picking up pace. This isn't like, for instance, like James's uncle, Steve, oh, yeah. played professionally handball handball but it was one of those things that it was so obscure um that it never really state football player ends up like a world-class handball player totally by accident that's awesome yeah Yeah. it's very popular in different parts of the world i know Mm -hmm. and it's now sponsored by like red bull right they have like slack lining you know competitions as well as then like parkour and you name it if you can think of it i'm sure that there's a niche for it and also a growing community for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the other things that we also talk about too, is like how much more information we have about scientific proof about uh, exercise, how Mm -hmm. it's beneficial for us. I mean, we saw through COVID those who were exercising had fewer symptoms who didn't have as severe of an effect if they Mm -hmm. did contract COVID. Yeah. 
Um, there's, there's, uh, what's, what's the statistic that you often talk about? Like no pill can do that exercise can. Yeah. So, uh, a combination of both strength and cardiovascular fitness, and this is coming from Peter Atia, who is a well-renowned physician who now went from oncology. So, you know, addressing and combating cancer to now focusing on longevity. What does it mean to live the fullest expression of life. And one of the big things that he found is that no medication can compare to this and reducing all risk of mortality by four to five, four to five times mm-hmm. that right there is substantial. Yeah. Right. And we make the analogy all the time. Like our bodies are like classic cars, right? Yep. Beautiful. If you maintain it and you take care of it, mm-hmm. but as soon as you neglect it, it's going to rust and fall apart right. before you know it. Yep. So for the people who maybe have only seen like very, I don't know what's common. Like um, yoga is pretty popular. Spin class is popular. Mm-hmm. Bar is popular. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the kind of, if someone comes to this or this gym or any of these gym in this kind of, um, in these modalities, what can they expect? What type of movements? Moving heavy, odd objects over great distances quickly. And <laughs> nice. yeah. yeah, he's practiced that. Yeah, quite a lot. <laughs> I got to come up with a textbook definition. You know, yeah. it, we, it's that elevator pitch thing. You know, mm-hmm. if people are, you know, work up the nerve to walk through the door, that's the hard part for them. So I got to grab their attention really, really quickly. Yeah. And that's where I start being very careful about what I'm saying, too, because like the first word that tends to jump out there is heavy. Okay, now heavy is not is not a set amount of pounds. For you know me, five hundred pounds, you know, depending on the movement, is you know heavy. No, what am I saying? It's five hundred pounds is five hundred pounds. That's really heavy. That was a really stupid thing to say. <laughs> You're like but it's for, nothing, right? Right. right. <laughs> but uh, no, but for other people, you know, thirty pounds could be heavy, but that's fine. That's okay. It's not the amount of pounds you're lifting that's going to wow us. You know, we have former prof- professional athletes in this gym. We have Olympians in this gym. You're going to have to work really, really hard to make our jaws drop open. What we're impressed by is that same level of effort being put out by, you know, that grandmother who has never worked out in her, in her entire life, and now she just wants a better quality of life so she can play with her grandkids and get down on the floor and, Mm-hmm. not be limited by by age and what is uh, well frankly we've gotten um too accepting of like as you age you you can't do certain things right. anymore that's crap right um put out the pasture yeah yeah exactly i think about like uh, uh there's no reason to live if you cannot do a deadlift yeah what was it? <laughs> yeah it was john paul sigmundson john yeah. paul sigmundson yeah. yeah he's holding you know 900 pounds off the ground <laughs> But um, no, that really, that that's that's how we get people is we make them realize that you've done strongman so many times in your life. So I already went over heavy. Now let's go over odd objects. If you've ever moved in or out of a house or apartment, that's an an odd object. You know, these boxes are not mm-hmm. shaped with the person carrying them in mind. It's the the content that they carry. Mm. Or if you're anything like me, I will not make more than one trip from my truck to the house after the grocery <laughs> store. They're all going in one. I don't care if I have 93 bags. Well, that's a strongman movement. That's a farmer's carry. Right. So once we get people to understand, like, 
I know it's intimidating. And yeah, you're going to be nervous going into this because, you know, it's cold black steel and concrete and, you know, all this very raw um, kind of industrial look, looking and feeling stuff. But once they have that aha moment that, oh, I do these things already, maybe this isn't impossible. And because we've kind of taken that maybe elevated approach to it, it's really given us a, a greater um, expanse in, in terms of who our members here. Our youngest member currently, I think, is nine, but we've had members as young as five. I mean, it's the same member. She's been here for four years. Right. Um, and then we also have an 82-year-old member. And, That's really cool. Yeah, and, and all points in between. Mm-hmm. We ha- we've had people going through chemotherapy. We've had people... Um, missing limbs we've had people confined to a wheelchair more expectant and postpartum moms than i could even begin to put a number and that's where adam you know gets really specialized deep in the weeds with uh, the one-on-one clients and stuff as well yeah if you ever asked me that i would be the pregnancy coach <laughs> i would have looked at you like huh Interesting, but honestly, it's again, it's one of those most rewarding things when it comes down to it, and and especially that I would have to say that is going to be the biggest success story. The thing that really fuels me, and as well as like James and Tracy, is like, oh, someone comes in with already this mindset, or again, this external factor from people telling them you can't, right? Mm -hmm. Someone with scoliosis, someone with lupus, Mm -hmm. right? Diabetics, again. This whole thing that's already been put into their minds that you can't. All right. Well, let's find your starting point. Everyone has one. So let's see where that begins. And then from there, let's see where we can take you. And from that, we've had individuals with scoliosis come in here and all of a sudden go from experiencing chronic pain, not being able to live life, you know, happily without, you know, to a fuller extent to now being able to lift 300, 400 pounds and be able to now live. And the big goal is always, how can I live life to the fullest? And so one of my personal clients who has scoliosis, he's now able to spend more time with his kids. He's actually able to be the active parent that Mm -hmm. he wants to be. And that is a bigger goal than anything. Same thing when we're talking about expectant mothers, Mm -hmm. right? Let's see about like this whole stereotype that's being said. Oh, you should take it easy. You should rest, right? But by doing that, look at that. All of a sudden, when you talk about gestational diabetes, which is very common, when you talk about preeclampsia, which is very common, a lot of that is attributed to also sedentary behavior. You should still be active, right? That old colloquial saying, motion is lotion. There's a lot of truth in that, Mm. right? That's one of those things that I. it always kind of wows me that people are so taken back when you drop that knowledge on them because what I like to defer to is like, look at the rest of mammalian existence, right? There is no other creature that, I mean, now let the record show I'm all for like moms, like having a couple weeks off and stuff like that. That's not where I'm, what I'm driving. But what I am saying is, you know, women carry, another human life on them. I've always thought that is like super cool. That's like, it's wild. It's like a superhero. You know yeah. what I mean? That's crazy. They make other human beings. <laughs> so yes, while they certainly deserve that, 
that time off, that well-earned time off after giving birth and, you know, bond building between you and the child, I, I'm also not a fan of treating them like they're these delicate little flowers. Like, women are incredibly robust. Mm-hmm. And that's where the training that we do here, I, I think that's what's appealing to them is, like, you know, they take the, what's the magic number typically? Like six weeks, the doctor said, we don't see them for about six weeks. Yeah, afterwards. six weeks is usually postpartum, right. like healing time. Right. But then right after that, it's like six weeks in one day. They're right back in here flipping tires and lifting atlas stones. Well, and- there's like, you know, limitations, of course. Like sure. they can't roll back to where they were. Of course. But yeah, yeah, like we're going to start with the take off a little bit of the weight. We've got to change to the movements. Right. and But we modify. We can always modify everything. No matter what, even if you're like, hey, I got a cold today. Yeah, okay, so it's not that big a deal. We can still modify the weight around what you have going on with you today. Yeah. So whatever's going on, whatever's heavy or challenging for you today, not overall your entire lifespan. Mm-hmm. So we always have to assess like what's going on with you specifically. Are you under stress? That yeah. impacts your lifting or your, your exercise routine. Have you slept enough? Did you eat enough? Did you drink enough? All those factors. Yeah. And then... On women, yes, they are robust. And also, women should be lifting weights. It's going to prevent osteoporosis. It's going to give you a better birthing experience if you are pregnant. You're going to be more prepared. All of those things lead into a better quality of life, which is exactly what we're saying. It's funny that you bring that up because I was thinking about that to to give you a little look into the stuff that I think about throughout the day. But it, it, (laughs) it wows me that more women... You know, from my observation, and maybe I'm totally off base with this, but the bone density question, I, I, I feel like I've uh, dropped that knowledge on a lot of the females that have become members here, and, like, they legit Don't didn't know, know that, no. like, you know, hey, I need to really not only be lifting weights, but, you know, lifting weights a lot, you know, so to fight back against the, things like just general bone density issue, excuse me, issues, and things like osteoporosis. Right. Um, yeah. I definitely want to keep talking about women, but I want to say one thing about the strongman thing real quick. But so the strongman movements that we do in here are usually the ones that people always are like, that is what I used to do as a kid. Right. And it's so fun. Nice. I forgot <laughs> yeah. how much fun this very can be. primal. Yeah. It's very primal. It's like what you can go and watch your kids on a playground and they'll be doing strongman movements and you, they won't know that they're doing it. They just know that they're, they're chasing their friends or they're holding something and moving right they're, But they're doing it. And usually like if you watch a toddler, they're going to have perfect squat mechanics. Yeah. They do yeah not only that but i mean we have multiple rings hanging right now from the ceiling same thing with the or what we call loving refer to the rig right so that's where the multiple squat racks but it looks like a jungle gym it's so and many of our child members that do come in or people who are visiting with children instantly they gravitate to it because that's what it looks like it's the monkey bars yeah it's time to have fun but yeah Speaking even with that, when we talk about that, um, just to pump up women a little bit, I guess, in that way is, again, like changing the mindset of thinking, even with expected mothers, when you're leading up to that, yes, the three trimesters, great. You're going to adjust for that, right? You're not just going to be lifting heavy throughout the entire range, but heavy is going to be relative to that day. 
Not only that, but in addition to which is, okay, as we start to eventually get there, and this is going with one of the personal clients who's now just a full-fledged member, went from, okay, being a little apprehensive, was it expected mother, Mm. and 10 minutes was her labor. Mm, That's amazing. 10 minutes? Yeah. Wow. And she was back in after that that, uh, labor, was back in the gym mobilizing not lifting but moving the body right eight days afterwards yeah wow that's wild wow so yeah. and that was part of her recovery <laughs> process crazy. it was considered <laughs> more about See what I mean? just, that's superhero yeah, let's that's go into the mindset of thinking about instead of strength training as rehab you mm-hmm. constantly need to continue to work on yourself. And one last thing, of course, with pregnancy is it's the metabolic equivalent. So that means how much energy it takes of climbing Everest. So the full gestation, nine months, is mm. the equivalent as if you then climbed Everest. Holy shit. Damn. So that, just to put a little bit of perspective of how insane that is yeah. and how it feels to get hit from, of course, I'm not ever going to experience this firsthand by the proverbial freight truck so what can we do to make it so that we can bounce back from getting hit by that truck well i'm pretty sure people who go to climb everest are trying to be as most as athletic as they can possibly be before they begin that climb yeah and there's no guarantee that you're going to survive look at that bringing it full circle yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. um but one thing that i will say like we were talking about like we're in the fitness renaissance and like we're, we've got so much more knowledge and information, which is great. We're, we're kind of at the, the beginning of this knowledge, though. Mm-hmm. There is so much still that we don't know about uh, the benefits of exercise or like some of, the, some of these things we're just now discovering. And I, we can also kind of see that in the culture yeah. as well. Because, I mean, kind of think about like in the 1950s, it was a weird thing to be a gym member. Yeah, you were kind of the, the freak on the block if you... We're part of a local barbell club or something. It, it was wasn't kind of a normal. Still a taboo. It only started to normalize in the '60s, and it wasn't normal to have people running outside in your neighborhood. That was like, what's going on? Yeah, like yeah. It, it was like, what should we? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, but however, our grandparents still were very active people. Yeah, they walked a little bit more than us. Uh, their jobs usually were more labor intensive. Fresh foods. Yeah. They don't have a bunch of preservatives and additives. So in their them. lifestyle was more they active. They didn't re- necessarily require as much intentional exercise because their life was moving. Mm-hmm. And so now with the advantage of technology, which is a blessing and a curse, we, we have to also acknowledge mm-hmm. like evolutionarily, like our body still wants to move. Yeah. And we need to move in order to be healthy and sustain it. So we can't sit down forever and just expect yeah. us to be well. I think that I, th- I think nature is telling us that too. Like there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of data that's come out in the past couple of years about male sperm rates dropping by like half, like over the course of, I think 40 years, this study went and they said, uh, Male sperm counts are are down by like half. It's insane. It's and I mean, what do you point to? I mean, I think you said something accidentally very knowledgeable there when you said that you know it's a ble- cursing or excuse me a blessing and a curse because you know I'm not saying throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know, medical technology, for example, gave me several more years with my grandfather. Um, 
So there's a lot of really good things going on in, in the medical community, but by that same token, you know, the pharmaceuticals, man, you know, there's, yeah. I feel like everybody Fix it with something, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? We're victims of our own success. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, our bodies and just to take it from that mindset is our bodies crave adversity mm-hmm. because while our bodies are incredibly intuitive and that's the mainstay that you see, let's then think of it in the aspect that it's also incredibly lazy. So it's going to find the path of least resistance. Right. And if that means that I'm going to find what's going to make it so that I don't need to spend as much energy from day to day to day, because right. again, your body's looking to survive and it's going to do any means in which to do that. Right. So like by exposing it to these different types of adversities, right? So easiest one and it's in a controlled manner is fitness mm-hmm. but you also can do this in other ways right more and more data is coming out about doing cold baths oh yeah right? so doing an ice bath doing the sauna within a controlled way of doing this and it's exposing the body to something that is causing it to have to adapt right this is known within the exercise science community as the said principle, specific adaptations for imposed demands, right? You're imposing a demand. Your body has to adapt and it will do so. And once it adapts to that, that becomes your new norm, mm-hmm. right? Fitness doesn't get easier. You just keep on getting stronger. Yep. And so the same thing can be said for many things. This is why when you look at combat sports, when you look at combat veterans, right, as well as then going into all these different high stress or high adversity jobs or career paths austere environments yeah. yeah you usually have individuals who are now the same thing when we talk about stress management are able to better adapt themselves to things because your level of stress management continues to increase mm. so is it these, obvious that adam is our exercise scientist yeah. <laughs> but i mean the same thing can be said and this is why that i try dude to is like a sponge with knowledge like if i ever need like i don't even google stuff anymore when it comes to what we do i'm like adam come here explain this to me this hurts he's like oh it's because of this muscle and i'm like thank you yoda and then i send him back to whatever he was doing like all of us i'm I'm still young, I'm naive, and still learning. It's a constant experience. But, um, you know, I try to avoid saying physical fitness as much as I can and instead say fitness because, like, it's both mental as Mm. much as it is physical. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, you know, I would have to say, like, sometimes these workouts, they're not physically hard. They're mentally hard. Like You have to keep pushing, even though it's like you just have two things to do, but you're doing them for 30 minutes. And you're like, man, I just I'm bored. I don't want to do this anymore. Are you serious? It's only been five minutes. Like, that's the kind of stuff. Yes. Like putting yourself in these uncomfortable situations intentionally so that it helps you grow. You grow in your own self. And like you you take that time to like push yourself further than you ever thought you could. Mm -hmm. There's also things, too, where it's like I did something I never thought possible. And then you grow from that. Uh, and then you can learn also, like, as you make those mistakes, too, you're going to make the mistakes. There's no way that you're going to get better if you don't try. Right. I th- and that's my argument has always been that the physical part of this is not the difficult part. It's the the staying power, just having yeah. that ability to push through and just create a new norm of learning to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yes, you're sweating. 
Yes, your muscles hurt. Yes, your lungs are burning. You're not going to die. You'll be you'll be okay. Yeah. And you'll feel better at the other end of it. And then the next time you do it, it's a little less arduous, a little less and a little less. And everybody has the ability to come out the other side like that, but it's just getting that push to do it and that's what I think, you know, is a kind of the motivating factor in a lot of the stuff that people are so hypersensitive about recently <laughs> is just being unwilling to be learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Yep. Exactly. And especially, you know, both neurologists, so like Andrew Huberman, I like listening to Andrew Huberman a yeah. lot. Um, but in addition, which psychologists have also shown, if you do something hard that day, mm -hmm. that is going to be harder than, for instance, like it's tax season, right? Many people put off taxes until last minute. It's a rather inconvenient <laughs> process. Yep. I get it. But if you do something that much harder before doing that, it's going to make that task that much easier. Yeah. And they found that by doing something hard, right? Most of us can, you know, have gone through educational process in some way, you know, primary, if not secondary education. And so with that, putting off a paper, putting off a paper, I don't want to do it. All right. And what do we usually do? We do an easier task. Oh, I'm going to clean the house, mm -hmm. right? I'm going to procrastinate. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But if you're you lying to yourself about how productive you're being, it makes, of course, then by doing the harder task first, it makes the easier tasks that much easier mm. again. So, you know, jumping into an ice bath or doing the sauna, you don't even have to work out. Just do that. It's going to expose you and make you that much mentally harder. Mm -hmm. by yeah. doing it also with interactions like um i feel like that also applies with going out of your way to like say hi to someone on the street for example mm -hmm. or like rather than ordering food out you know go take a walk and like navigate the sidewalk and walking into someone and saying hi can i have this please yeah. instead of just having it delivered to to right. me super conveniently right. All of those I also kind of count in my head as the little, and also a lot of psychologists count these things as buffers against things like depression and anxiety. These little micro interactions that build up and, and subconsciously tell us this experience has value. That is my yeah. life. Yes. You yeah. know, and it doesn't need to be like we're saying, you know, yeah, epic, like hit a personal record, you know, lifting or run the longest distance or get the job but also like getting out of bed making your bed going outside and going for a fucking walk yeah that's a win it's a big win walk and around in your yard with your shoes off i, I yeah. can't even begin to tell you well yeah, like yeah there is something to be said about the shoes off like connecting to, to nature mm -hmm. when you're depressed but but what i do want to say is like we we not only like care about our members in their physical well-being we care about them in like their social aspect their mental their emotional uh, we can't be everybody's psychologist, but we do offer like, hey, if you're having a hard time and you're like, I just feel like I can't get out of the house or like life uh, just down on my luck, like you're able to come in here. You don't have to work out. You can just sit in here. And there have been countless people who have taken us up on that offer. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. And they do. They just they'll sit in here and we'll start talking. We're working beside them, but we're talking, we're listening and like we're having a good time. And gradually more movement will happen out of them. Either it's like, hey, I feel better just because I got this off my chest 
or, oh, look at that person. I haven't seen them in forever. Let me go say hi. Or, wow, that looks interesting. I'm going to go lift over there. And all of a sudden, within the next week, they're back in here regularly again. Yep. And they're feeling better. And like their, their life's picking up some. So yep. small things. That's old saying. It takes a village. It does. Right? Yeah. Like, I, I, do you remember that show Cheers? Mm. Oh, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. They're, they're just fucked up. They film people cheating. Yeah. They're like the setup, right? They'd be like, "Oh no, no, not cheaters! Oh. Cheers, oh, cheers!" Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Where yeah, everybody definitely. knows your name, yeah. you've been scandalous. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, there was this this show that was on in the in the eighties, and I think it ended in the early nineties. Sometime it was called Cheers, and the whole premise of the show was it was a neighborhood bar, mm-hmm. and they their jingle was "Where everybody knows your name," and you know people would walk in all day. Hey, Norm, and that's what I'm kind of trying to breathe new life into because. Mm. From from what I can see, the concept of a neighborhood has just fallen off the map yeah. since I was a little kid. All jokes aside, I'm not that old. I'm 43 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I remember before the tech generation. Like, we were the first kind of iteration of the tech generation. I graduated high school in 98. So that first iteration would have been like AOL Instant Messenger and stuff like yeah. that. Um, and... When I was a kid growing up, no matter where I lived, you know, I come from a broken home, so I lived in, you know, a couple different places. But the neighborhood, everyone knew, you know, oh, that that's Mr. Bobby, or that's Miss Denise, or that's Mr. Jerry, or that's Mr. Dantel. And somewhere along the way, that just went away. I live on Nixon Street. Like, it's one of the best-kept secrets. You know, it's quiet down mm-hmm. there. And... um I feel it's like it it feels like a neighborhood where people should know their neighbors and no one totally. knows their neighbors wow. at all. Yeah. So and and you're right about the the little micro interactions. Um one of the things total sidebar here that I make it a point to do when I'm here throughout the day cuz we see hundreds of people sometimes throughout the day is I always smile when I say I always acknowledge them. Mm-hmm. Unless they get by me, you know, I'm not going to be a creep and like, hey, no, you can't be on the gym floor until you get look at here. my smile. But no, if I, <laughs> Acknowledge me. <laughs> but if I happen, if I, if I see you arrive, I'm going to acknowledge that and yeah. I'm going to smile. At you do you. do that. It's and, great. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. But, and it, it makes me feel good, too, to know that, you know, even if it was only for that second, you know, they they smiled, you know. They had yeah. a good interaction, and hopefully, they feel the same when they leave after their workout as well. Huh? Yeah, urbanization, the fall of civilization. Yeah, right. Ever since post Cold War, you have all these first world nations that continue to work, and it's great for commerce. Yeah, going towards globalization, everything like this, and we're already seeing that it's starting to collapse. Yeah. We're going back to a more regional style because, as Tracy can attest this is psychologists know that we are incapable of being able to create connections past a certain number. It just starts getting lost in the sauce. Now you add digital, like digital infrastructure on top of this and it's just creating more and more barriers. Mm -hmm. People start losing social skills, right? Right. Things get lost over text. And now because of which it makes it to the point that you just have everyone who's in this whole echo chamber just, isolation 
that is causing a lot right. of this it, mental instability. It, they've been kind of hoodwinked into thinking that they're not isolated. And humans are, are pack animals. That's, that, the data clearly says that. And that's why, for example, solitary confinement in the yeah. prison system Oof. is so... It's the most extreme. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so the extreme. most extreme it'll, punishment. It'll break, it'll just break somebody's mind. So I think they're, and this is, you know, you, I'm nobody, just, just crazy guy talking on a podcast right now. But <laughs> I think knowing that, I, it is my professional and personal opinion that there is a direct correlation between the phenomenon that breaks human brains in solitary confinement mm -hmm. and living, living an entire existence on the internet. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you think you're it's, but it's, it's a delusion. It's fiction. It's, it's not real. You can't get the, like the endorphins that we are all getting just sitting around having a yarn, you right. know, as they say in mm -hmm. Australia, right? Like, yeah, this is, this is important. And that is also something I leverage the podcast when I meet cool people like you all and just say, Hey, let's do a podcast because it's good for me too. Yeah. You know, it's, I have my efforts and my goals with this whole podcast, but it's also just a good way to make connections. And, you know, especially if I'm transient, I've been moving around a lot the last few years, next time I'm in town, you guys know where I'll be working out, you know? Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. So yeah. it's, 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 yeah. And additionally, it helps you be able to continue to gain perspective, yeah. right? So if we continue to just have this myopic viewpoint of life, right? Just this very narrow focus, right? We're never going to start to break bread or find mm. middle ground. Yeah. And yeah, with yeah, yeah. that, mm -hmm. then makes this just whole skew that is causing this increase in conflict, right? This increase oh, yeah. in just creating incitement as are so soon upset. as the drop of the hat. Everyone's upset right, right now. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone's we, so upset all the time. Everybody, all the time. And either you're uh, with me or you're against me. Either you're on my side of politics or you're against my side of politics. Either, yeah, yeah you're a friend or you're an enemy and I need to know. And that's not the way it should be. It's like, we're just neighbors. We just live in the same town. So what if we like have a viewpoint that's slightly different? We're still the same. And this is kind of like where it all comes in with our veteran mission. This is, this is why. This is because veterans not not only are very small percentage of our population, they're more prone to being isolated because they feel like they don't fit in anywhere. Yeah. So that's, and then like for, for civilians like myself, I never served. I didn't know much about the veteran experience or the veteran world. And I had a very negative opinion of veterans in my mind mm. from the few interactions that I had. I was like, oh, they're all douchebags. <laughs> they're all full of themselves. They just dr race these stupid cars. They don't, they're like basically the bottom of the barrel. They couldn't go to college. They must be really dumb. Yeah. Just testosterone laden. That's that was my opinion. Damn, raise I was like, I mean, I was like, I know, right? I, I was strong on that opinion. I was like, I will never marry anybody who's a veteran. I will never you marry anybody. Yeah, she never thought so she would she, marry a country boy. And look never at that, a country two for two, boy, baby. Yeah, yeah. he would be clean shaven and wear sperries. Eating <laughs> those words. Oh yeah, I was like, I was gonna go with like the yacht boat dude, I guess, but like, <laughs> that didn't. To be Fair. She's from Georgia. Yeah. And, you know, that is home to the 3rd Infantry Division, among many other military units in that state. It is a very military heavy state. And a lot of the young guys there, they're, they're just that. They're young guys. It's yeah. their first time being away from home. 
you know, they're young, dumb, full of cum. They've been <laughs> going through training for X amount of time. They think they're nine feet, nine feet tall and bulletproof. Yeah. So, you know, they're just kind of living out they that like stuff it. they've seen in yeah. movies and stuff like that. It's like, well, I'm a motivated E4 in the United States Army. Certainly that'll impress her. And you got to fall down a couple times and, you know, kind of become spatially aware, just like a young lion gets smacked around a couple times before he learns how to fight. But, um, but yeah, as a civilian, I didn't know a lot about the veteran experience. And yeah. now I'm surrounded by veterans. Yeah. And I've learned a lot about what it is actually like and like why veterans are the way that they are. And it makes perfect sense. Mm. Um, and of course there's like different, uh, like ver- the air force versus the Navy versus the Marines versus the, are they're all slightly different mm-hmm. and like the job assignment that you have, all of them also bring like a slightly different thing with it too. All to say, this is also what we talk about to our members. Like as we try to educate our civilian members, we're we have so many veterans. We have like what? Uh I think it's like twenty five to thirty five percent veteran membership here. Mm-hmm. Oh sick. And so we'll like we have one class on Saturday at ten thirty that's free for veterans and and their families so if you have anybody in your family like a a direct relative being a father a brother sister mother who is a veteran you also if you're if if you'd like to come and join like yeah come on show us how you're related and we'll we'll let you work out for free at 10 30 the only caveat is that you have to listen to a talk so we have a little video about a veteran and then we have a talk it sounded like you were just selling timeshares i i did i do a good job (laughs) would you buy (laughs) If you just give us a moment of your time, I know, right? Yeah, uh, I promise that it will be yeah. all You're tricking worth. guys into re-enlisting on Saturdays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. sign on the dotted line; it's fine. But uh, well, that was the main mission statement of why yeah. y'all opened up this gym in the first place, yeah. right? And that we continue to keep on maintaining it is the aspect of doing social outreach, yeah. right? Because again, we have so many, just like we're talking about mental illnesses, right? Or just social problems, right? So from suicides, you know, then going into PTS, then of course, depression. These not only affect our military members, but they affect civilians alike. And Mm -hmm. so trying to find common ground, and that's what we're doing. We're trying to showcase in that 1030 class, hey, this is a veteran. This is what they're doing, either in the local community. We love getting a local veteran in and talking and Mm -hmm. telling their story Mm -hmm. and what they're Mm -hmm. doing, right? Because the whole point of doing military service in the first place is to serve, mm-hmm. right? And that doesn't just leave you. When you leave service, right. you continue to keep on doing that. It's something that gets, you know, for a lack of a better word, indoctrinated into you. It mm-hmm. becomes something that you already wanted to do. It's the whole reason you signed to dotted line in the first place yep. for most people who join the military. Certainly not for money. hope you are enjoying this week's episode of the Bro Nouveau podcast as much as I enjoyed recording it and bringing it to you. To get involved in the conversation, you can send me an email, contact at bronouveau.com or find me on Instagram at bronouveaupod. Please share this episode out with someone who you think will enjoy it and you can leave a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. For full-length video episodes, head over to YouTube and search Grow Nouveau Podcast. Enjoy.
what are the things that the average, you know, city wouldn't know about the veteran experience? Or maybe things that they would have assumptions made, you know, that you, you yeah, guys have seen. There, there's, there's a lot of them, honestly. Um, the first would be that, um, that we're programmed. Right. You know, that, that's, that one is, I got admittedly pretty infuriating is when I hear, um, you know, the banter, for example, on TV between, you know, whichever media talking head happens to be on TV and who happens to be the guest. And they'll say, they'll kind of refer to the military like we're this inanimate object that, like, incapable of making our own decisions of right and wrong. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they dehumanize us. Yeah, they, they, they really do. They, you know, whoever, whichever political party they, they align themselves with, they'll kind of arbitrarily be like, well, you know, when the military is there to enforce it, I'm like, you know, dude, we're not robots. You know, like we right. we take an oath to follow lawful orders. So that fictional scenario that you see, you know, in movies every once in a while, you know, sergeant shoot that woman. That doesn't that doesn't happen. That that's absolute nonsense. Um, the second would be um, kind of something that Tracy touched on is that. Um, that people in the military are unintelligent, mm, um, right. that they're inept. Um, that's, I mean, believe me when I say that we have our share of people who are not the sharpest knives in the drawer. But to that, I would say the military is just a microcosm of society. Totally. You know, we're, we're a reflection of everything out here. Um, I didn't realize until he told me, because he was a recruiter, James was a recruiter, how hard it actually is to get into the branches yeah, it's much easier to get into college than it is to get in the military um yeah i thought it was just kind of like yeah if you're kind of going nowhere in life and that's your plan c like right. yeah they're taking you no problem like right. you're, you're gonna walk in and you're gonna have have yeah. a job and that's clearly not the case i did not realize i mean yeah. and it there's there was certainly a time where there was validity to that where you could just drop out of high school and join the military but those days are gone. Like she said, I spent a couple of years on recruiting duty. And th- I can't tell you how many times like a, a pissed off mom or, fa- or or dad would walk in with their son or daughter and say, you know, they need to straighten up. You know, they need to join the military. And within two questions, you know, I, was, I would have to tell them their son or daughter is uh, you're, they're not eligible. The days of being able to drop out of high school and join the army, they're gone. Mm. Um, you, can, you can actually have too many speeding tickets and not get into the military. They call it a pattern of misconduct. Right. Now, granted, it would have to be a lot, a lot of speeding tickets. But, yeah, there are know. criteria, though. Yeah. Well, basic synopsis is the, in the government's eyes, you were born, came out of the womb, already 18 years old, yeah. and had done nothing. <laughs> Right, right. right. They no want injuries. you to be that ball yeah. of clay that they can mold to what they need, right? Because they don't want a liability mm. at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, to that big dichotomy that is the military, just like James was saying, is this microcosm of society is another misnomer that a lot of people have is they think, oh, the military is mainly about, you know, blowing stuff up and breaking things. Well, mm-hmm. not necessarily, right? While James was a, what's known as a combat forward, 
operator and, you know, job within the military, I built for the Navy, right? I did a lot of things that were on the mechanical side, right? And did a lot of things that when we talk about the spear that is the military, James being the pointy end, I would be instead the actual chef that is affixed to that, Mm -hmm. that is helping process that in the first place. You can't have one without the other. And many people, especially when you talk about like the Air Force and Navy, there are going to be more technical programs within that that go on the side of engineering all the way up to nuclear, right? All right, we have a nuclear reactor that's inside of this aircraft carrier. And submarine or what? Yeah, it needs to be maintained. And we need highly intelligent individuals to do it. And, of course, there comes with burnout rates and everything with that because, again, the military has a bottom line that it needs to meet. It's an organization, right? right, right. It's turning into a very business-like structure. Mm-hmm. And so they have deadlines that they need to make. They have quotas. And with that, it makes it so that they tend to treat you like a machine even though you're still a human being, yeah. right? You still have, you know, family, especially many service members who have a wife or a husband, right? And children that they have to provide for. Instead, military sees them as dependents yeah even if your spouse ends up making more than you do Mm you're still your dependent right yep so it's a it's an interesting way of seeing it and there are a lot of similarities that get compared to incarceration when you're talking about it because you're giving away a lot of freedom yeah Uh, you can't quit you can't just quit the military you signed a contract they're gonna they spent money on you. Is really what, what, what do it they boils. do with someone who like mm-hmm. tries to quit? <laughs> well, <laughs> um, there's no one answer to that. Right, right. Um, some people successfully, I guess that's not a great way to put that, but quit. <laughs> yeah, like they just go AWOL. Um, is what they would say in the army or UA in the Marine Corps and the Navy, which is unauthorized absence. Mm. And uh, after 30 days. <clears throat> They become a deserter, and um, it, I, mean, I, I know a couple people who became deserters. Sure, and eventually they just kind of like wrote them off. Now there will be consequences to that. Like I don't want to pretend to be a subject matter expert on what, but they certainly will never have a government job. We'll start there, right? Right. Um, you know, or you know, if they get into something that requires a clearance or a background check. It's going to be a blip on the radar for the rest of their life. Um, There's going to be consequences and repercussions for that. Yeah. But mostly, what happens? <laughs> mostly, what happens is uh, if somebody is is UA or AWOL or deserter, they they generally screw up pretty quickly. Like they get pulled over for speeding or something like that, right? And it you know flashes on on the police officer's screen that they're a deserter from the military. And I, I actually witnessed the tail end of this one time. This dude, he actually was from York, Pennsylvania, where I'm from. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, he decided he was going to go UA, and he left. And, like, immediately when he got home, like, put his tongue ring back in and bleached his hair. And he was out driving, and he got pulled over. And they took him immediately from there. Um they drove him from there to like the border of Maryland, and then the Maryland State Police drove him oh, from wow. there to Virginia, and they just kind of kept piggybacking him until he got back down to Camp Lejeune, where we Damn. were. 
they walked him in and you know shackles and leg irons looking crazy or no. uh, yeah yeah that was <laughs> no shower that was a fun perp walk at the sleeping in the back of the car oh, yeah. damn man yep and then so did they send him to the military police or did they so no well, um so only for crimes okay like the same crimes as would be out here you know for everything from you know speeding to murder is a, is jurisdiction of the military police um the the military has another way to take care it's called non-judicial punishment and it's just handed down by the individual's unit so i he definitely got reduced in rank all the way down to e1 he never really was anything impressive anyway yeah. half months pay times two yeah. you're on restriction Outs. so yeah, you're doing all the, the cleanup like doing all he's allowed to do is go to work and and stay in the barracks so it's like a prison existence within yeah. a prison but existence. i've i've also heard for like from stories from you guys like you will correct your own so like his oh, yeah. his cohorts or whatever you want to call them in, in next to him probably were like giving him dead legs like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Absolutely. Stealing food off his plate. Well, I mean, this guy was a colossal douchebag, so they were doing a lot more than that <laughs> to him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. He was honestly like he was one that we, there was a little part of us that we were like, "Damn it!" When they brought right, him back, right. like, you're like, "This guy is gone." You just idiot. Fine How did you end because, up back here? <laughs> you know, that's the other thing about being in the military is when you're in when you're in a leadership position, even just you know. A, a fire team leader, which means you're in charge of three people. Um, you're now accountable for someone else. Right. So that means if they get in trouble, you have to account for that every day. Like, hey, have you heard from Private Schmuckatelli? Nope, he's still UA. You know, they're going to keep right. asking it's you. It's egg on their face now. Yeah, and and all the all the way up the chain. You know, fire team leader to squad leader to platoon sergeant, and so it's. Somebody is is accounting for that all the way up the chain, but yeah. But that's also, I would say, one of the good things I learned being in the military is that, you know, we had all had to grow up pretty quickly, especially you know being in the infantry like I was. Is you know it, we we weren't on the sideline; we were in the game, um, and that grows you up pretty quickly. And because of that, it's uh, well, I've learned a lot more about running a small business. Being having come from the military than I did in the course of getting my business degree. Honestly, like, great, you know, education. Woo, awesome. Sure, yeah. <laughs> but no part of anything that I learned in getting a degree in business has any applicability in running a small business. None. It's all leadership. Yeah. Leadership, leadership, leadership. Yeah. It teaches you accountability very quickly. Yeah. Right. Especially because, just like James was saying, and just like you were saying before, Tracy, is just this whole thing of you can't go into the mindset of thinking, oh, well, that person fucked up. Luckily, it doesn't involve me. Well, guess what? Their fuck-ups just became your fuck-ups. Right, and that means, and this happens to be my last roommate that I actually had in the Navy before I transitioned out, you know, he was trying to do the responsible thing. Right, we have something nifty called our arrive alive card. I'm not sure if they still do it oh, or anything yeah, of the sort, but those. he tried to do the responsible thing, use his arrive alive card. Right? This is before Uber. This is before being able to get a lift, right? <laughs> and so you would 
give your ride live card to the taxi driver, and hopefully, out of the kindness of that tax, taxi driver, you would end up back at the base that you want. Well, if you live in a military town, there just so happens to be multiple bases, mm-hmm. usually in that military town. So if you have like a big hub like San Diego is, and you say, oh, I want to go to this base. Mm, that's not convenient. And I'm going to send drunk. you to this one. Yeah. And now he's in the middle of a base that he has no idea where he is, yeah. right? Asking federal police. At 3 a.m., I'm sure. Yeah. That, and he's drunk. They dropped me off at this base. Could you please direct me to the front gate? Could you help me? And they refused. And instead, they just watched him as he then Damn. proceeded to like begin. <laughs> like, no, I'm not a cruel. <laughs> yeah. And he tried hopping the fence because it was a good mile to two miles to get to the front gate. And, and you're going to get in trouble if you're not there, right? Like, you're yeah. going to get in trouble oh, yeah. if you're not so there. Now, Roll call he's at intox- five or whenever it yeah, is. Yeah, he's intoxicated in public. I get a call because it's Liberty, right? I'm in LA at the time, and I get a call. Hey, do you know where Payne is right now? <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, guess what? He's in the brig, so you need to go get him. <laughs> All right, and you're responsible for him from now on. <laughs> awesome. Ah. Awesome. Right? Yeah. His problems just became your problems. That's usually something for a best and friend. Honestly, yeah, yeah. I hope that he's doing well wherever he is now, but it's in that same thing that, you know, just happened to be wrong place, wrong time, everything. And that happens to many people. Like one of our coaches also had one of those kind of situations where they were set up for failure. Oh, yeah. And let to hang out to dry with. The rest of the wash. Yeah, she was in the Navy, right? Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Navy will make sure that it gets what it's owed before it gets rid of you. Mm-hmm. Mm. So yeah, it's that's the Marine Corps the the same way. They'll even if they just have you carrying ammo yeah. from this place to that place, they're going to extract exactly what they what they spent on you. Yeah, mm. I mean but, it's that you know that live by the sword, die by the sword. That's just. But I think that speaks even more to the fact that like. Uh, veterans have a or military people have a deeper sense of community like mm-hmm. you are responsible for somebody else and like so that just breeds more life into the fact that like you recognize that you are not an island you are somebody who's caring for other people even if it's not somebody who is like not my friend right. you are in my orbit and it matters that you're doing well so that we all do well and that's kind of the mentality that they really beat into everybody and it's a very masculine culture in the aspect that you start to develop a very direct line of communication yeah. because you don't have time to try and convince somebody yeah, to do the right lives. thing. Seconds are lives. Yeah. So even, you know, even if you're in a non-combative role, say you're in an engineering space and somebody's really dicking off, we call this gun decking in the Navy. And it's basically you're relinquishing any type of responsibility from this and you're just kentucky windage just winging it not asking assuming that yeah it should be fine well if that thing breaks right that machinery or say the instrumentation that you're using that's helping you navigate the ship oh shit's running down downhill very quickly (laughs) all right and we're in the wrong part of the globe 
because <laughs> semen shitbag over here didn't want to do his job. <laughs> or more importantly, like, and this happens more often than I wish it did, you know, a ship running aground. That oh, is the most what? embarrassing thing that you can possibly ever and have. And it's had happened multiple times in the past few years. Wow. Yeah. I don't know how more people aren't losing their mind over that. And again, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, you don't look at the individual who messed up. You look at the leadership, mm-hmm. right? It's yep. a trickle-down effect, mm-hmm. unlike Reaganomics, but when we're talking more so, all right. <laughs> you this know, real. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, this one's actually functional. <laughs> how how can we make it so that the leadership imparts right the right amount? You know, the the job of an officer or supposedly what it, what they should be doing is taking care of their subordinates. Yeah. That is their number one priority. But like anything, nuance and microcosm usually have people who are hard chargers who are goal-oriented career driven that want to hit certain things on a certain agenda and so because which you know you have warfare special specializations and qualifications that start to get expedited mm-hmm. we'll say mm-hmm. next thing you know you have people who are very knowledgeable about all the things that the ship has right but they're not subject matter experts within their specific job. Right. And that's the whole point of having different MOSs or what's known as a rate in the Navy is you are responsible for doing your job. Mm-hmm. But if you have all these other additional responsibilities that are made more of a priority, like our surface warfare uh, pin or aviation warfare pin, or then getting to the point of like, oh, well, we need this XYZ done. Well, you're not really doing what, the military is paying you to do. Mm-hmm. So then because of which in addition to which we also had extended rotations and extended deployments and all of this is just a recipe for disaster. And so we've seen the largest amounts of fallout rate and reenlistment because of which, yeah. especially for our enlisted members. And it just gets to the point that it's like, oh, well, We'll we'll see what we can do about this. I think more officers is definitely the the call. Yeah, that's the answer. Yeah, Yeah. but I mean, I I I think it's pretty simple. Is that there's there's definitely nuance here, but the morale and and combat readiness and effectiveness of a unit ultimately is a reflection of its leadership from the top down. Because if you are I mean, you can be putting all the checks in the block and be a really dog shit leader. Um, conversely, you could be a headache to the people who are accountable for you, but be a really stellar leader. Um, so if it, it really is kind of like the domino effect, you have to demand leadership at every level and the proper leadership. Like you can't be a tyrant, but you can't be a pushover. You got, you have to be genuinely invested in people in your people um and that's what creates an effective leader and if if that's I, i'm a firm believer in if if the dod was to start in an, an, an excuse me an initiative tomorrow to root out that toxic leadership that in the military you know these uh these guys who look really really great on paper but don't give a damn about that. That's, that's what's killing the military is that 
all these really awesome leaders that just are good leaders, not because they went to this course, but because they are genuinely invested in the, the guys whose, uh, whose lives are in his hands, his or her hands. Um, it's, it's not just a job, you know, it's, it's, it's so much more than that. It, and, and it can't be replicated. Right. Um, so for people coming back into civilian society, right. That's a glimpse into what they could be dealing with. Right. Right. How do I orient back to this, yeah. you know, my old normal when my life has been completely different and I've been in a, in this totally specific environment for so long. That was my entire reality. Yeah. And you know, you know, new numbers are out. What we believed was 22 a day on suicides, veteran suicide, is now up to 44 a day. 44? Yeah. I did not so know that. So it's doubled, right? Really? That's just recently came out from Balanced Veteran Network, right? Wow. And so when you talk about that, especially from what just happened with the pandemic lockdown. I was just, right? that's, you you're took the words further right isolating these individuals because, uh, you know, as a civilian, you, you know, they tell you this as a recommendation, but as an actual military member, you have to follow it, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It's a legal order right. that right. you do oh, right. at this well, point. You've been programmed so, and conditioned yeah. for all these years to follow orders. So you rotate, right. rotate so back glad. from deployment. Right, you're not allowed to socialize as much as you should. You're right. not allowed to work out because the base gym's closed. You need to physically right? stay away from people. Yeah, and I am so glad that I was not a young guy out in the fleet. You know, for the pandemic, it, like, listen, it's it's already shitty enough when you're like yeah. low man on the totem pole. You know, you're having <laughs> you're having fun with your boys and stuff like that, but you're. You're sweeping and mopping floors Humble a lot, and you day. know it's just you know you're the worker bee, right? I but you at least got to like cut loose with your guys. You know you work hard, play hard. That's one of the biggest reasons I left college and joined the military. Um, so to for me to try to wrap my mind around like living in the barracks and like just being a young dude out there with like with these lockdowns. Oh no, hell no. That that's that's prison at that point man yeah. and so what do you turn to as a coping mechanism yeah right legally you can't go to say like a psychedelic or cannabis yeah. you go to alcohol, alcohol. yep and now yeah, you're drinking tobacco. alone yeah hey, this is a tobacco. recipe for fucking I disaster make a, i want to make a point on that because i am retired and i do not have a dog in this fight if if a commander of a of any unit in the military anywhere happens to stumble onto this podcast, I hope they 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 take my words. You, every commander in the military at every level should be actively lobbying for military members to be able to use cannabis. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why. I spent twenty two years in the military, and that whole time. Commanders, they would always, you know, PowerPoint presentations and, you know, war room chats on how do we get these young Joes to stay on base on the weekends instead of going out in town and raising <laughs> hell. Let them smoke weed. Yeah. They'll stay in the barracks all weekend. They will play video games yeah. and order Papa John's, which they're going to do anyway. Yeah. And you'll have so many less arrests, so many less incidences. 
Morale and, will go through the roof. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd re-enlist for that. Conflict <laughs> resolution. Everybody's right? so, well rested. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everyone's well rested. They're always harping on on sleep hygiene the past couple of years. Mm. They'll nap. Mm. I promise. But not only like that, but if you really have again, when we're talking about fights, right? I really can't think of anybody who's getting high and then it's like, I'm gonna fight that dude. Yeah. No. Yeah. Fuck him. No. 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 Right. Yeah, that doesn't yeah. really no. happen. It, it's yeah. been dubbed alcohol-related incident for... You've never yeah. heard of a weed-related incident. Aside from, like, the munchies. I was about to say, like, if all the cereal's gone in the morning, that yeah. might be a weed-related oh. incident. Oh, man, I fell asleep and I left the stove on. Right. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. That, that would be an issue. Yeah, but, yeah that could be. Well, outside of that, I mean, maybe oversleeping? Mm, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, everything in excess, right, has its sure. downfalls, yeah. but... Yeah, I mean, I, society is moving towards that, I think. A lot I, more acceptance, and everyone is on the same page that alcohol is terrible for us. Yeah. So, Have you <laughs> noticed that, like, just kind of a rash of people, like, stopping drinking recently? I was one of them. Me too. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. We got our uh, medical cards when I retired. Third and fourth. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I actually didn't set out to, because, like, we were in that phase of, like, you know, get a good top shelf bottle of whiskey and you know mm-hmm. you know maybe smoke it you know or depending on what the season is you know jazz it up with some lime we looked forward to whiskey night and uh i wanted to get my medical cannabis card for um you know I, they had me on all these medications the va and none of them worked all of them had side effects um so that was my motivation is just kind of you know, an, an extra tool in my belt, you know, to fight back with, you know, post-traumatic stress and TBI. Mm-hmm. And I purely by accident quit drinking. Like, I didn't even, I just didn't want to. And honestly, it, totally by accident, one of the best things ever in my life. Like, Nice. I, because it, I feel like I've done so much, like, deep thought and compelling conversation with the aid of a little bit of cannabis. Yeah. Versus, you know, I, it's kind of embarrassing to think back and about just the general volume of like oh, drinking. Yeah. Like it's it's like oh my mm-hmm. god, that cigarette smell and you know just sticky floors, sticky, sticky floor. floors, and <laughs> yeah. you know hungover, mystery messes. Yeah. Like is yeah. that vomit or is that mud? <laughs> yeah, like, you know the couple fights that you see oh and like gosh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't miss yeah. any. Never being hungover. Culture again, is probably going to be the greatest thing ever. Mm. Not only that, but, like, when you're... I've never been a fan of drinking. But, like, when we're talking about, like, the military and alcohol, like, you... I think it's funny when college kids are like, yeah, I got my drinking shoes. (laughs) That's cute. Yeah, that's that's horrible, kid. Yeah, you see, you're drinking because you want to. (laughs) (laughs) Um in the military, you're drinking because you need to. Yeah. Right? It's the culture, man. And either you're drinking every single day, right? Let's just be honest here at this point, right? Can't convict me now. Yeah. So, <laughs> but there are many guys that I knew that, all right, every single day you're drinking. Or oh, yeah. the worst case, right, which I've fallen victim to especially, was you start binge drinking. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah making up for lost time or just getting to that point where it's, you're just trying to find ways to cope, right? Mm-hmm. With the stress, right? With 
for like James in the, that situation with the past, with trauma. Because again, like another thing, a big machismo motherfucker thing that happens in the military as well is like, you can't really say that, hey, I'm dealing with shit and mm-hmm. I'm not able to confront this. Mm-hmm. Right. I need help. Right. And as soon as you do that, oh, no, 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 no. You are no longer a valuable asset. Right, right, right. To this command. They they say that you are able to say that, but as soon yeah, as they, you do... Yeah, they promise no stigma, and that's such crap. That, that's, that's just military PR. Like, they honestly, they're not even really interested in curbing the, the trend of veteran suicide, military suicide, beyond covering their own ass. How does that make you feel when being part of that organization is such a big part of your identity? It's that's a great question. And I've really thought long and hard about that myself because I, I found myself in this place where I'm still very patriotic and I'm still very proud of my service. But I also know that, you know, those in power in the government, regardless of whether they're wearing a suit or a uniform are absolutely full of shit. Um, and what I've, the answer that I've came back to is even though we were just pawns in this, this game of politics, um, I still met the very best people I've ever met in my life because of that. Even if it was all, um, all of us being, uh, kind of sold on, uh, on, a bill of goods that wasn't quite up to snuff we still had that desire to serve um and that that's good enough for me that you know these guys that if they reached out to me today and said hey listen i I can't explain but i need you to get here they know i i would be there and vice versa um so it has to for me it has to be about those guys right um my my patriotism has absolutely nothing to do with anyone in any elected office ever. I couldn't give less fucks about any of them. But to me, America isn't. It's not them. It's it's you and her and him and mm-hmm. you know everybody that I see walking in and out of this gym every single day. That's that's how I'm able to and to remain. You know, still proud of what I've, what I've done. Yeah. And James had put it best one time and it's really stuck with me is you don't miss the circus. You miss the clowns. Yep. Right. Yep. And, uh, (laughs) that's the big thing. Every single person that I had served with, you know, they, they created in that four year time span, especially because many of the guys that I served with, I started my military career with, and they stuck with me for a good portion of those four years. Yeah. So it was like college in that way where I got to grow up with these, with mm, these people. Right. right. I joined, I made the sure that like when I joined the military, I was 21 because if I'm going to potentially die for my country, I'm going to make sure I can drink. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in addition to which was also getting to see a lot of these, a lot of these guys and gals that just, they grew up right in front of my eyes. And not only that, but some of them are more friends to me 
than anyone that I grew up with in my formative years, mm-hmm. right? And so if I think about it, I only have one real hometown friend mm-hmm. that I, I still see, right, right, you know, from time yeah, to time. Me too. But outside of which, like, I try to do, stay in regular communication with two other people from my hometown. And outside of that, because my HD, out of sight, out of mind, yeah. right? I try to do my best to still stay in contact with those with those guys that I serve with, especially the ones that I lived with, yeah. right? Yeah, those relationships are are massive. I just did a whole three episodes kind of series on this book about relationships and their effect on our health. Um, yeah. But we are at a good amount of time, yeah, yeah. so we're going to wrap it up. But uh, thank you all so much for you know sharing your stories with with my audience and and for sharing you know your your truths if you will. So yeah, thank thanks you for all. having us, man. This was yeah, fun. Th- this sure. was this was great. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. Of course. How can the good people if they're local and they want to get strong? Yeah. Where should they look? So uh, we have a website. It's uh, Fire for Effect Ath Ath dot com. Um, or you can find us on TikTok. You can find us on nice. Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. That, that's not the most super active page in the world, but we do keep it updated at least. Um, send us a message. Any Whichever is your preferred method, it comes straight to me, and we're generally pretty good about responding within a few hours. We, we, we definitely have our, our strongman classes, and they're, they're an hour-long class base. You can do that. You could always do... Anything you like open gym, you do your own thing. We also have a new class that's going to be starting that's cardio only. So like, oh, cool. uh, like lower weights, a little bit more high intensity. Like, uh, so the inspiration for that was oh. Paris Island boot camp, actually. Yeah. So if you're, oh, Lord. that's your bin that we got that coming up <laughs> for individuals who are used to like hot yoga, vinyasa yoga, high pace yoga or Pilates or bar. That's, that's going to be right up your alley. Yeah. You know, something that it's like, all right, I'm going to ease in into the shallow end of the pool before right, right. I just. Yep. Exactly. Jump into the deep end. Exactly. With it's, strength training. Yeah. There's that option coming up. And we also, um, our apparel, we're, we're doing a lot of apparel sales and stuff too. So um, new stuff is coming out all the time. And Sweet. Hopefully on Amazon soon. Yeah. 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 One of the few gyms with parking. Yeah, yeah, that's so, a big one. Big seller. Yeah, just show up. Big seller. Right? Really, you that's don't even huge. have to reach out to us. You just show up on, you'll find our hours of operation, of course, and just show up during those times. And uh, we're more than happy to, you know, have a chat. You don't even have to work out. You're just trying to get a yeah. feel for the place. Awesome. First work scouts free, of course. Yeah. James, Tracy, Adam, thank you all so much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, thank you, Tom. Hell yeah.